0: spark your creativity with the sims sometimes you might feel like you're not creative and you have to go in search of your creative spark again maybe this is catching up with creative friends experimenting with a new look or trying out a new recipe and thanks to the sims inspiration is just one game and one spark away ready to spark something download the sims 4 and play for free
1: Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. I'm so excited. Today, my guest is Rachel Vindman. She's the co-host of the Suburban Women Problem, a podcast. She's also the wife of Alexander Vindman, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman. I'm so excited to talk to her today, but before I do, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week, kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. Please enjoy my conversation with Rachel Vindman. Welcome to the show, Rachel.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: I'm really excited that you're here. I've been a big fan of yours. Just, you know, like the rest of us (laughs) for some time, your humor, you're such an interesting character, so I want to know, before we get into politics and the chat and everything, I just want to know a little bit about you and your podcast, The Suburban Women Problem.
2: Yeah, um, we started in May of 2021, Uh and um, Red, Wine, and Blue came to me and asked if I would be interested in we're they were putting it together with a couple of other really interesting people and I said why not everyone has a podcast right so I want to be cool (laughs) but I am a huge consumer of podcasts Uh so uh you know it it seems like a great idea and uh, we've had a lot of fun doing it it's led to um you know some great opportunities Mm -hmm. for all of us and I feel like we've really been able to tackle um, some interesting subjects and subjects that are you know kind of mysterious at times to some people I think because uh, they're politicized and weaponized and we just like to you know talk to the horse's mouth as it were and you know get real information from you know a mom of trans kids and what is it like to fight you know CRT nonsense and moms yeah. of Liberty and how can you do it and kind of just break it down? and talk to everyday women who are doing those things.
1: Wow, that's really cool. I mean, what would you say, I I know this is a crazy question, but since this is your podcast, what is one of the biggest problems of suburban women that you found that you guys talk about?
2: I think in the current environment, it's the chaos that we're all living in, Hmm. and how that... Combines with the leftover exhaustion from the pandemic. I mean, everyone was Mm -hmm. exhausted before the pandemic, to be fair, Mm -hmm. but it it just brought out everything, you know, all the unpaid work that women do, the care economy that's not compensated, you know, for which we're not compensated, and how that brought us to the breaking point. And you saw some people went, like I live in Northern Virginia, some people went hard, you know, let's say Glenn Youngkin, you Mm -hmm. know, like, Mm -hmm. okay. I don't like the way it is. I don't like the way the school thing is. I'm going to vote for someone who says they're going to do the complete opposite. And then you have those who are seeing, I know, you know, maybe they say things weren't right or I didn't like it. They Mm -hmm. they have the same observation, right? They didn't like the way things went,
1: but
2: theirs is to be more of an activist, to educate their friends, to get more involved. So, um, so everyone is kind of seeing the same thing, but the way they're reacting is different. And mm. I think it's it has caused a lot of chaos and we have a tremendous amount of misinformation. Mm. And the trickle down effects, you know, from the pandemic, from the exhaustion, people taking advantage of the, the situation to promote themselves to cause more chaos mm-hmm. that is stirred by really outside actors, um, but yeah. they get, certainly get buy-in from the local communities. Mm-hmm. And dealing with this it, while dealing with everything else, I think is, is one of the biggest issues for uh, suburban women. But I mean, you know, women as a whole, because yeah. just a fun fact about uh, suburban women is the suburbs are more diverse than urban areas actually. Hmm. Um, and, and there are more, Uh, For example, black women living in the suburbs and living in urban areas. So we have to kind of demystify that as well. I mean, President Trump talked about the suburbs like it was, you know, 1950s America (laughs) with June Cleaver meeting everyone in pearls with a plate of cookies when they got home from school. And that's just not what it is anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. And, you know, we're neighbors. I live in Maryland. Um, The Glenn Youngkin thing is really frightening because it just came out. Recently, whether it was today or a couple days ago, but he's rewriting history with social social studies curriculums to exclude Martin Luther King, Jay, uh, and then former President Barack Obama and Juneteenth. And, you know, he scares me so much because he's got that sweater vest and he's got that mild-mannered, you know, kindly-looking guy who's really the wolf in sheep's clothing and 100%. I'm hundred percent yeah, and he scares me because it's just it seems like America I mean I'll give it to the American voters that they have you know shown up for the most part, even though half the people don't vote in this country, but the people who have mm-hmm. shown up have helped democracy, but you know they did vote for Glenn Youngkin, and I'm just you know i'm'm I'm, I'm curious I want to ask you this this was not in my notes, but since we're on the subject now you got. Probably we're going to see DeSantis as the nominee in 2024.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And and I doubt that it would be specifically Glenn Youngkin. Maybe it could be, maybe, I don't know. But I'm concerned that the GOP is going to find a G- uh, Glenn Youngkin type, whether it's him or mm-hmm. not, because he does have that wolf in sheep's clothing. Like I'm going to say all yeah. the right things, and you guys are all going to fall for it. And, you know, we're going to be running Biden, which who I think is a great president at, you know, everything that he's done so far, regardless of your opinion of him outside of what he's done. He's done a great job as president.
2: Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, then you've got all the he's, you know, the right's going to go after him because of his age and all the and Hunter and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So, I mean, what do you think as far as 2024? And I know that this is way off, but you know, it's election season anyway.
2: <laughs> it's always election exactly. season, right? It, it's never ending. We're like you, professional yeah. sports players, yes. it's never an off season. We just keep practicing, we keep working. Yes, and uh, it just never ends. What, it like? yes. uh, what do I, you know, I do think that the vice president choice will be, you know, really key. Yes. Um, I, I don't. Although, I mean, I keep saying that Trump beats DeSantis in mm-hmm. the primary. I don't know. I don't believe, know about but, that. <laughs> uh, you know, DeSantis has like zero charm. We were yeah. in Florida over the holidays and he was announcing this, it was something that was going to save most Floridians a lot of money. And I was like, why is he mad about it? Everything <laughs> he says, he's mad. I mean, his right. delivery is so. I'm like, why do not you say this with a smile in your voice? I know. Uh Or you know, in your like, it was so bizarre. But um, so yeah, someone who's a bit more personable, Glenn Youngkin, unfortunately, kind of checks that box. Yeah. And I don't really, I don't get the Glenn Youngkin appeal. He's, I mean, he's he's obviously intelligent, and he's yeah. you know he's very successful. Uh, he was, yeah, you know, I, I mean, a very successful businessman. Yeah. And so, there's got to be something there. But if you look at him, he looks a little daft.
1: You yeah, know, he does like a little slow.
2: <laughs> uh, but, I mean, he's, he's obviously not. But I remember his commercials during the primary, and I didn't, I didn't really follow it closely. But uh, the the Republican nominees. But I remember his commercials, and he really touted that he, I think, was from uh, either a single parent family, raised by a single mom, or. Or he had to work. Mm-hmm. You remember him talking about he was playing basketball, and he said he had to work in a grocery store. Hmm. And so this was his, like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstrap yeah. story. Everyone has to have one right. if you're going to run as a Republican. And that's his, To Literally, um, you know, he is has hundreds of millions of dollars uh, from the, I don't know if it's a HUD fund or private equity fund or whatever he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's definitely pulled himself up. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and th- this myth that they, they love to have and celebrate. And I do think that that kind of person
1: mm-hmm.
2: is, I mean, that's part of the attraction of Trump yeah. um, was, I yeah. mean, you know, that he was so successful. So I think that's probably something they'd want to play into. I don't know if it'll be, be Glenn Young. And I think there's a lot of people who would like that job. I mean, Kevin Stitt, mm-hmm. who is the governor of Oklahoma. I'm originally from Oklahoma. And Kevin Stitt is someone I could also see, kind of a curveball, and, you know, not, he's done, had a lot of missteps, mm-hmm. but he's in the same vein, a very successful businessman, you know, with a pretty wife, and the five children, mm-hmm. and, you know, that whole thing, and I can definitely see them, you know, and all, let's be honest, very, very, very white, mm-hmm. so that is definitely something I think they're going to want, um, but...
1: Now, do you do you think mirrors. do you think it's going to be like DeSantis would be uh, the front runner, and then it would these two guys that we're talking about, Youngkin and Sit, would be their VP? Or do you think that there's a chance that those guys could even, you know, maybe get I don't know.
2: It? I mean, again, I think I think DeSantis's complete lack of charm. I know it's really yeah. going to be as Achilles heel. I mean, because when you have those debates with so many people, they do matter. Yeah, and you're in the middle based on your fundraising, but the people in the middle in the prime slot also are watched more and they're asked more questions mm-hmm. and they you know so the more he does that unless he can do something and I, I just read an article I think it was maybe in Politico I don't know about him at his inauguration some top donors were at a dinner for him or he hosted the dinner for some top donors and then he was. He and his wife were walking around talking to people, and they were so excited because he never does that. He really doesn't do the meet and greets. He doesn't talk to right. people. He doesn't glad hand. And <laughs> doing that at one dinner was like the bar is so low that that's exciting. <laughs> but um, you know that is really important for top donors. Oh yeah. And not just that, but like this idea of. I I still, it's it's part of a bigger issue, and if he can't do it, he's going to have a problem with voters because uh, he's not going to, you know, chit chat with the press, Mm -hmm. and it's going to have, it's going to be more than just um, just with donors. I think is the issue Um, because it's a fundamental personality flaw, really, and um, and I think that'll hurt him. But I I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm really curious to see. It'll be really interesting whenever they kind of start, you know. Yeah, uh, narrowing the field, but I also wonder if they'll pick a female vice presidential oh, choice. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, someone crazy like Christine Noam I don't think mm-hmm. Carrie Lake. I mean, she's really too far out there yeah. for most. <laughs> I think people realize it, but Christine Nome could certainly yes. be. Um, I mean, she's attractive. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, uh, and let's face it, that's important in politics. It is. I mean, you know, I when I was. Uh, an underemployed military spouse. (laughs) I, um, worked a retail job and I worked at Pottery Barn Kids. And, um, I, and I remember, you know, this is, this is a big deal even in, in, in sales, you Mm -hmm. know, because you, you want to shop from people who look like you or Mm -hmm. kind of like aspire to be you. So, Mm -hmm. or sorry, who you aspire to be or something. So, I mean, this is, this is just a thing in sales, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and i you know, it looks like the people they hired to work during the day were all moms who work during the day because those are the people that are shopping during yeah. the day on yeah. a Tuesday. And so it actually really matters. And yeah. I never really had thought about it much until that job. <laughs> but it, it does, you know, because it's kind of like, who are you relating to kind mm-hmm. of situation? And politics is the same way. So mm-hmm. we can't be naive about whether this matters or not. And to speak to President Biden, I mean, his age mm-hmm. is, you know, that came up a lot. Is, is he cool enough? Is he relatable enough? Yeah. Stuff, you know all these things. So to ask the questions is not doesn't mean that you don't have faith or co- or you know, confidence in someone. It's whether or not they have what it takes to get elected because yeah. you can't govern until you're elected.
1: Yeah, that is such a good point, and it's true. As much as we don't like it, looks matter, and I think it matters a little bit more on the right. I mean, especially when we take a look at Fox News and see um, maybe not so much from the men's side, but. Definitely, when you (laughs) clearly, yeah, I mean, you could be a troll under the bridge and nobody gives a shit. But when you're a woman, you have to look a certain way. And yeah, Christy Gnome, she's she checks all those boxes. Mm -hmm. So I think she would absolutely be, you know, a possibility. My girlfriend Um,
2: has some good filler. I didn't even know they offered that in South Dakota, but apparently they do. So hey, props to you. (laughs)
1: Um, you know. Okay, I'm going to switch gears here because we've got to talk about this. But I want to preface this with a tweet by uh, David Rothkopf. If I can't Ro- – I can't yeah. say his name. Rothkopf. Okay. So yeah. he says – this is about George Santos, if that's his real <laughs> name. So he says, uh, this is <laughs> this is just my old guy in D.C. intuition kicking in here. But I think it's really dis- – uh, I think the, the really disturbing part of the George Santos story has yet to be told it's not that he's a clownish fraud or an extremist freak uh, freak show someone picked him to run funded him gave him support who and why and oh my god I totally agree with this and the thing is is like I'm totally also enjoying mocking him and going after him and you know all of uh, it's horrible this this horrible story about the veteran and the dog and the go fund me and uh, for those so, of you who over don't... $3,000? $3, $3,000, yeah. Like, I mean, am It's a
2: lot of money. Don't get me wrong. I right. I it's
1: not get of money. It's but not that much, right. Yeah.
2: It's not like derailing your life yeah. type of money.
1: And I mean, it's like this guy was on MSNBC last night, this veteran, talking about how George Santos basically knew, you know, from the get-go, he was lying and stealing the money and then the dog died. And now we've got all these pictures, much clearer pictures today. Of his, I, I don't even know how to say the last name, like Katara, Katara. Do you know how to say it, Ravish? No, no. <laughs> I don't even know how he's pr- whatever the pronunciation is. But I mean, there's lie after lie after lie after lie. I've got to give it to Chris Hayes because he keeps bringing up the money, and you know, while we're all and I, you know, I think it is important to kind of mock these people, and it, it it's like a, I think by by all of us mocking and making fun of him it's helping to discredit him just, you know, in the bigger picture. So I think that's a good thing. But the real serious thing is, what is this guy's story? He's he's pathological, but, I mean, he, he's so creepy and weird. I just don't <laughs> – uh, oh, my God. And I we all know the Republicans don't give a shit about – you know, I, I said on yeah. Twitter, he could literally kill a baby on live TV, and they're like, but we need his vote. So they yeah, don't – Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah.
2: We don't want to lose his vote. <laughs> uh... God. You know, Brian, Brian Claus had a great tweet today that was that, like, this is like if you invented and wrote up someone that was so bizarre to see. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here. Sorry, Brian. Uh, you know, what the if there was a bottom.
1: Right. You know, if there yes. Was, if
2: there was anyone that would make them say, no, this is a bridge too far. Um, I guess the answer is no. No. Uh, but they did a really good job. So great effort, team. I just don't think it exists, and we have proven that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. Maybe the drag the drag queen thing will get him in the end. But uh, <laughs> it's it's just a nice touch. It's like, okay, what if we make him a drag queen? <laughs> um, like I don't know. It sounds like something you'd like uh, are thinking of at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I know. But so, yeah, yeah, like with way too much wine. Um, I, I just I don't. It is a bizarre story. I mean, fundamentally, it's, he is a tremendous security risk. Yes. I mean, <laughs> just in every way. And that that's one thing to me that's strange. Now, I mean, because of him being in Congress, I mean, it could be – this is what's always baffled me a little bit is if, you know, we, we all know – the members of congress <laughs> for whom people suggest that there is compromise on them and yes. some people have something to hold over their heads
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay well if their own party has it then the other side can have it too yeah. it's not just a one-way street right i mean if you've been in dc for 30 years <laughs> and there are stories about you it's not I mean, they're they're going to be known to both sides and it would be the same for george Santos. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly, but I mean, anyone who is eligible for blackmail should be a concern for everyone, for their own party, for the other party, I mean, this should just be something, something that should be out there and be a concern. So, um, that that's what I think of mostly when I think of him, is like, come on. I mean, it, it is humorous, it is, and I have certainly made fun, but um, i like, why isn't anyone concerned about this angle? Um, but, and, and I, I agree with David. I think that the most egregious things have yet to come out. Yeah. But, I mean, you got to give it to whatever his name is, uh, the guy <laughs> currently going by uh, George Sanchez. Uh, his whole thing of, like, I don't care. I was elected. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he is really leaning in. Yeah. You know, he is not even conceding anything at all. is like, crisis comms people are – and they got him locked down mm-hmm. so tight and he gives nothing. It's artful. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's um, totally
1: pathological and it's 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 the eeriest thing. I mean, at least with like Marjorie Taylor Green, she just puts it out there in and yeah. I'm not defending her in any way, but I mean it's like, I don't know, she just she doesn't pretend to be something she isn't. At least, <laughs> you know, and it's like this guy is you, you know, the funny thing is, I mean, all the reports I've been reading about him and watching and all this, we, the, they did, you know, they, they dug in, the Republicans dug in and they were concerned what they came up with, but they didn't, you know, before he was elected because of gerrymandering and, you know, mm-hmm. lies that he told. But, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. they, they did find, you know, doing these deep dives that they, there was stuff that was questionable. But I think that at that point, that was the tip of the iceberg. And yeah, what we're yeah. seeing right now so they, they right, only got yeah. to the barely
2: it take time you know, yeah to get the information yeah so uh it
1: <laughs> it's just crazy i mean i just oh my god it's 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 i can't even believe that we're living in these times but we are but you know what we, we have are. to <laughs> we have to take a quick break but we will be back after this message Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you
0: This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with a zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute, and available reclining lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. So much. Join me, 48 Hours correspondent Erin Moriarty, on my podcast, My Life of Crime, as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season, I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families, I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved, including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Aaron Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Okay, we're back. Um, okay, so that just brings me to this, like, this whole show, right? The GOP clown show, whatever. So, I mean, we're seeing... We're seeing... The way that they're embracing white supremacy and fascism is Chris Hayes, I believe did a story last night who's he's pretty much the only one I watch because I just get sucked into my computer after that. but um you know rep uh Steve King had questioned the negative connotations of white nationalist and white supremacy, and then he gets kicked off of committees and then he's not reelected, right? so mm-hmm. that was a bridge too far. But you know, we've got George Santos now, and I don't you know or whatever his name is, and there is no bridge too far we're seeing the most insane things coming. I mean, they want to, I think McCarthy today said, you know, we should have a 30% sales tax. They want to get rid of social security. They want to get rid of Medicare. I mean, and they're banning books and it's so crazy. So I'm just wondering, you know, I ask people this all the time, but I'm curious what you think. Now, obviously they don't have full control, thankfully, um, but they have enough control to do some real damage we've got the debt ceiling issue coming up um do you think that the behavior of the republicans for these next two years is like going to guarantee a democratic victory in 2024 or do you see something different
2: it'll help we have to do the work right you're right um they're going to put on full display what not governing looks like Mm -hmm. and we had that for the first two years Of the Trump presidency But Mm -hmm. there were a couple things That they delivered Um, I mean, look, nothing is all good Or all bad Mm -hmm. So you can't characterize it like that Because then you're going to fail in making your argument Hmm. Um, And I think it's a real danger So if you can't look And just, you know, see Something Mm -hmm. um, Like As human beings, I think, you know, sort of they have, like, very few redeeming qualities. But, (laughs) you know, this is a body that's made up of, you know, elected officials, um, elected by everyone around the country. So, I – we have to keep pointing it out, Mm -hmm. but in a constructive way. And we talked about um, on our podcast this week, and and I've talked about it privately uh, with friends, is – You know, we have to keep having the conversations that we've learned to have in the past two to four years, you know, that we've, that have brought us some victories, but this means bringing up these uncomfortable subjects with Mm -hmm. our friends and, you know, making sure they know what's going on, uh, no, having four days and whatever, however many rounds of voting it took, I, mm-hmm. I lost count, <laughs> to elect a speaker. is not democracy on display and, quote, democracy is messy. It hasn't happened in a hundred years. Yeah. But <laughs> what they did was make it... You, know, They tried to paint the picture that this is just the way it is and they're really doing the real work and no one's ever done the work before. I mean, they tried to spin it, mm-hmm. which is what happens. But I think the message to... You're in Maryland, I'm in Virginia. I mean, to so the message to everyone else in the real country is these fools don't plan on doing anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, like my life maybe doesn't get better. And people unplug because it's exhausting. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to keep up. Uh, it's, it's a full-time job, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and people just, they check out, but they can't allow them to check out because yeah. they have to, They have to see the dysfunction and see what that means in their lives. Because, you know, I mean, you can have 16 rounds of voting for speaker, but on a bill, you're only going to raise it to the floor one time. And if they're constantly having to give confessions... In order to make people happy, that is not a way to rule. Yeah. I mean, or to, to rule, but I mean to <laughs> lead. Sorry, yeah. doesn't say, we, we literally like you know, It's like, not the way to lead. You yeah. know, it, that's not how, and and it's not the way to represent people. So the leaders of the house. Um, if they're always beholden to someone for special favors. And we don't even know what those were. I mean, you know, we we can see that there were these sacrificial members of the Mm -hmm. Freedom Caucus who continued to vote no. Meanwhile, other members of the Freedom Caucus were able to get committee chairs over, let's say, Dan Crenshaw. He wanted Homeland Security. He didn't get it. It went to a member of the Freedom Caucus. And Dan Crenshaw was a loyal soldier the whole time. He was mad, and yes. he went on Fox News and talked about it, and he talked, he talked about it the whole week, how he was upset, and what did he get for his effort? Nothing. Mm-hmm. For his loyalty, because it was a concession that had to be made to get McCarthy a speaker. Yeah. But I would ask, what did you accomplish in that? McCarthy a <laughs> right. speaker, but you personally received nothing. I mean, yeah. not that he was owed anything personally, right. but it, the, the squeaky wheel got... Greece Mm -hmm. so that McCarthy could get what he wanted and a lot of people in the end didn't get what they want. And I've, I've heard, you know, anecdotally there's, um, you know, a great deal of, um, unhappiness and, um, you know, disharmony because of that. And I think that will continue and who will suffer most is the American people People. because very, very little will get done. But I mean, honestly, I don't think they plan on doing much, um, so I, I don't think that really matters no i think
1: that. we're going to be hearing a lot about hunter biden and all that but as far as uh, as the debt mm-hmm. ceiling is concerned um i'm wondering do you think that there are enough republicans like in blue states who will vote along with the democrats so that the econ- like the us and the global economy doesn't mm-hmm. crash <laughs> i don't know
2: i hope I, so I have, yes i It's such a hard play for them mm-hmm. to know what to do. Yeah. Um, but I, I've i never been a member of Congress. From what I can tell, it must be extremely intoxicating because people are willing to do just about anything to stay there. And it must be like this incredible high that uh, only a few people get to experience. But uh, 535 people. But um, I... I hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at what cost? Like, what are we going to have right. to offer them in order for this to happen? I mean, it's probably worth it because, it's, yeah. again, taking on the entire global economy. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's still, I think, going to be just a complete shit show. Yeah. Um, uh, more, more so than it already is. But I think that's going to be the real test, the real battle when you see McCarthy as a speaker – because he doesn't want to give it up. I mean, he didn't yeah. want to give it to anyone else you saw a few weeks ago, and he doesn't want to give it. He's not going to want to give it up to anyone, so he's going to give in and, mm-hmm. and make sure that he gets whatever he wants, and that's going to, you know, he's going to have to, Um, he's, he's going to ask for a lot of concessions for the crazy people yeah. in his own caucus because he doesn't want to lose the chairmanship.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I just think we're in for some, Really uncomfortable shit, you know. What I mean, and, it's and, like... Okay, and
2: here's the thing. Okay, so I back to like regular America. I want to say this: when you talk about the debt ceiling, here's me, like in our you know podcast group chat, like, oh, can you remind me what it means about the debt ceiling? Because regular yeah, people don't know. Exactly. I mean, yes. I I don't know, and so you can talk about it, and then some people are even embarrassed. I mean I guess you could Google it but that's like all the people that after Brexit were Googling Mm -hmm. what is Brexit I mean that was like the most popular thing after they voted for it that was like the most popular search in in the UK after they voted for Brexit so I mean you know it's really hard and and you know some people have friends they can ask and some people are too embarrassed to right. ask their friends and there's this whole gamut and and i'm telling you i am right there with you mm-hmm. so some people just discuss it like from this level of that you you know a certain understanding that i mean some of the most complicated texts i get some days are like working at the carpool situation <laughs> and who's going to do it and so i mean but that's that's real life you yeah. know and and so i don't have time to understand the different feeling mm-hmm. like an economist because that's not my background but yeah. i'm not unintelligent but i feel like so many times politics mm-hmm. we feed talk about politics and policy and all in this whole space because we don't feel like we're intelligent enough or well-read enough to discuss it Um, And and so we just don't. And and it leads to a lot of misinformation. And oftentimes we know a lot more than we think we do. Mm -hmm. We can discuss it intelligently and we can help our friends to understand the importance of these issues. But either we want to be polite or we don't think we're a good enough source or a combination of both. And it hurts us.
1: You're absolutely, I mean, oh my God, everything you're saying is so true. And, you know, this is how I feel about the whole Middle East talk. Uh, when you mm-hmm. when it gets to Palestine and Islam and all of that, I mean, I know basics. I have a basic understanding, and I've had things explained to me before with you know regarding Israel and all that, and it never sticks in my brain. It just yeah. doesn't stick. And and well, you know, it's
2: also never. It's not a constant. So no, it isn't. I mean, I'm, I'm someone. I lived in Israel for three years. the Israel where I lived from 1999 to 2000, and I mean for 2001, it was almost three years. Wow. Is a different place than it is now.
1: Interesting. And
2: yes. you know, it's a completely different place um, in so many ways—the the mentality, the the, situ- the political situation—it mm-hmm. just it's really changed. Much like here in a lot of ways, <laughs> and and so it's not a monolith. It is it's not like unchanging. And, right. and so, I mean, yeah, because you're not doing it all the time. I mean, no one is. So even if you know you got a primer like today, it could be different in six months. You know? Or yeah. So yeah, like it's 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 okay. But I mean, we kind of, we look down on people, I think, um, this coming from me, who literally called uh, Lauren Bobert stupid, but I, mean, I think she is. She is. I, mean, I, truly, I truly think she has a low IQ. Okay, okay or but a she, lower IQ
1: she has she power, though. People. She's just not, she's yes. not just your average citizen. She has power. She has legislative power. So there is yeah, a little difference. No, I mean, yeah,
2: credit to her. She's done a lot with her low IQ. I mean, Congress, so, I mean, good on you, girl. You really maxed that out. But uh, I wish you were more honest uh, yeah. in, in that. But I mean, Nothing, you know, it doesn't have to hold you back. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, look, if Lauren Boebert can get elected, you can discuss the debt ceiling with a friend.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I have asked, and you know what? I couldn't explain it to you today properly Um, but the electoral college is something that I've had explained to me so many times and it just I never can explain it back to someone unless I just immediately I hear it and then I go oh that's right and then I can explain (laughs) it and like, give me like 30 days after that I'm like what's how does it work again so yeah I mean sometimes there are just things that we naturally understand and gravitate to other things with the debt ceiling you know whoever you are you got your own little block and for whatever reason it's harder for you to understand that you're just not aware of it whatever but that is such an incredibly good point and i think i've always been the kind of person that i don't feel um i i just don't feel stupid when i ask a question because you know i know other people might because they feel like i should know this and and you know i mean i'm in fucking politics and i talk about politics all day long but i'm gonna be honest when i don't know something because i don't i have never put myself out there as you know any kind of authority Or anything like that. I'm just, you know, an average voter who has written books and been on TV. So, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I I was on Days of Our Lives for a while. Not the big star, just a small part, but still, I did it. I have no authority, but the authority that I have is, you know, just your average citizen who gives a shit about, you know, our country and our life. and. Mm Mm-hmm. I have opinions, and I like to talk to people who... Well, that's... We need yeah. people
2: like that. We need people to want to talk about it. We need people to want to discuss it. Yeah. Like, we can't cede this to people who are truly unhinged and crazy. Like, I... I there are two kinds of people. There are the people like Marjorie Taylor Greene who don't believe it, but want to profit from it. And they'll just say whatever the fuck they want because <sighs> they want to get the attention from it, right? And yes. then... And they want to use it to their advantage. So if people... They'll just kind of play into that. And then you have people, sorry to use the Oklahoma example again, but the state superintendent for Oklahoma, which is an elected position, completely crazy, and he believes it all. Oh and that God. is even scarier. Yeah. I mean, that he really does believe it. It's it's just – yeah. It, it he blows makes your these mind. videos from his car. I'm like, do you know you have an office? I don't know. <laughs> but he makes these videos, and it's so, like – uh, like, unhinged. I mean, wow. you know, like, oh, maybe you thought <laughs> about therapy or maybe inpatient, really serious treatment here or drugs, but, I mean, it's really upsetting yeah. that you see an elected official who has the power to act on things and really believes this stuff. I mean, like, so many of, you know, the Republicans who are now chairs of committees who are election deniers mm-hmm. and,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, probably really believed it. Yeah. I mean, like, not everyone did but some people really did some people were like mike lee like you're gonna have to give me some evidence here but others were all in and they were just happy to believe it without any evidence at all because they just wanted to and yeah
1: yeah and and even evidence proving them wrong doesn't matter because they are in a cult and they are brainwashed Mm -hmm. and so You know that's that's where it goes you know i want to squeeze this in too because i always ask my uh guests this and i'm just curious what you're thinking we've got all these investigations with trump and all of that and you know there's the debate online about merrick garland and this and that what do you think is going to happen with trump do you think he's going to face any (laughs) indictments and then if he does face indictments okay uh let's just say he gets prosecuted do you think he'd go to jail? So do you think he's going to get indicted? And then if so, do you think he's going to go to jail?
2: I definitely don't think he's going to go to jail. Um, Just because we have some factors working against him, like age and time. Um, I don't know if I think he'll be indicted. Hmm. I guess it's like one of those things you just try not to get your hopes up. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I desperately want accountability. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But sometimes the accountability is not something that comes... I guess I've, I've decided that it doesn't have to come from DOJ or Merrick Garland. The accountability can come from the voters. Mm-hmm. And he was held accountable in the last election. And the voters can hold him accountable again if he runs again. I
1: mm-hmm.
2: mean, maybe that's all we're going to get. And Interesting. it hurts my heart yeah. if, if that's the case. Because I think there's so many people who... Their minds have been changed after January sixth, after his mm-hmm. Marlago was in, you know, um, after the document situation, um, and and I think a lot of people have come around, you know, people who are true believers, you know, to who he is. But I think more would also if he were indicted and evidence were presented, and they mm-hmm. can see that because largely that's been held, you know, I mean, it's an active investigation, so they're not going to, you know, show everyone. I think it could be helpful, but then there are some who are not going to believe anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, we don't always get the justice that we want. But that's, yeah. that's in every aspect of life. Mm-hmm. And, and it can be really hard. You know, things just seem unfair. Um, it's no secret. My husband <laughs> experienced that in his career. Yes. But it doesn't mean that. You know, I I like to think that he and I, and us as a couple, you know, that we've moved on, even though things didn't work out the way we wanted, and and still great things are happening. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and he's found a whole nother career and and feels fulfilled and happy and um, feels like he's making a difference just like he did when he was um, in service. So, Hmm. Uh, maybe the accountability that we get as a country happens a different way. Mm-hmm. But um, I try not to think about it so much. I mean, I, I read this stuff too, but mm-hmm. I just, I can't really get my hopes up.
1: Well, right you know, now. I'm going to pull from that because I th- i mean, I have a feeling he's going to be indicted, but then beyond that, I, I think the expectation needs to be tempered for if he is prosecuted and sentencing, because the sentencing, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see people getting what they want. Um, I think that's where the disappointment's going to come in. I don't know that he's going to be indicted. I'm just guessing that he will, you know, based on what I've seen so far and what what I can assume from what Merrick Garland has said, even though I find him to be disappointing. uh, I I do realize what's all at stake and all of that, but it's been two years and I just wish something would have happened sooner. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm not a Garland hater. Uh, I do understand, you know, what he's up against, but I just think that it's I think the point that you made that there can be accountability in other ways. If, if Trump does not go to prison, that isn't going to destroy our country. If Trump mm-hmm. becomes president again, yeah. yes, that could destroy our country. But I mean, you know, that isn't going, you know, there are people online who are making that argument. Well, if he doesn't go to jail, then, you know, there is no real democracy and this and that. And it's like, well, I think you need to look at how, you know, it, it really comes down. And this is a selfish thing to say, but it is all about our individual lives. It's if you can Mm -hmm. put dinner on the table, get your kids to school, pay your bills. I mean, I'd rather do that. I'd rather have that than the knowledge that Trump is in jail. As much as I believe he deserves to spend the rest of his life in jail for everything that he's Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. I would rather have a happy life that, you know, if we can elect people who are literally working for the people. I was talking with my mom this morning and she said, imagine all the stuff that could be done if Democrats weren't always running around cleaning up the messes of Republicans, and if instead we could all work together for the people and, you know, pass laws that makes mm-hmm. us all happy, mm-hmm. but, you know, we can't have that yeah. right now. Clearly, that's not in the fucking... <laughs> that's just not in the no, cards no, right now. No, you're right. You're right. I mean,
2: it, it, it is very frustrating. I mean, I think we saw the two first two years, though, of Biden's presidency, he got a lot done, mm-hmm. even yeah, he though he did. was left a legacy of a mess, yeah, of a pandemic, mm-hmm. and, you know, um, of an economy that was, you know, I mean, we still had to deal with COVID in a lot of different ways, yeah. and, you know, a huge way with the economy, and then now, you know, inflation because of recovering economy and supply chain issues in combination with a war, and still we have fared so much better than other Western economies, yeah. particularly Europe. I've been in Europe a couple of times and their inflation situation and everything they're dealing with is a lot worse than us. I mean, of course they're not, I mean, we we want it to be good for us. You know, we want it to be good for everyone, mm-hmm. but I think what they were able to accomplish was, you know, pretty remarkable. Yeah. And we, we shouldn't lose sight of that. And again, I think succeeding even after all the shit we went through and everything that happened is also a kind of, yes. um, maybe not accountability, but I'm like, you're not going to ruin us. Right. You're not going to take this down just because you didn't get what you want. Uh-huh. We're not going to allow that. There's too much at stake and we're going to fight for it. And we're not going to let you have that. And I feel like that's what the first two years of the Biden presidency really said to the country and the world.
1: Yeah. That's a great point. Um, All right, so this is my last question.
2: Okay. What do we
1: have to be hopeful about?
2: The American people. Hmm. The spirit of the American people. I think it's really a special and indomitable spirit. And even those with whom I don't agree, um, I do think they love their country, Mm -hmm. our country. And... um, This is something I don't always practice what I preach, but it's finding that commonality,
1: yeah,
2: and and then figuring out where we can go from there. Um, I mentioned that I, I lived in Israel for three years, and, and at first, I um, I worked with uh, people, women in Gaza, and one of the things I learned there that I've carried forever is that people are more alike than they are different. Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that I learned, you know, very young when I was 24. Wow. Uh, and, and I feel like that's the same. If you go to another country or if you're in your own country and someone who just lives a different kind of lifestyle than you, a different, you know, whether it's urban or suburban or rural or whatever the case may be. Um, We all pretty much want the same things in life. So uh, I think that spirit of in the United States that we're just, we're not going to compromise on working towards that. Now, again, I I disagree with some people and uh, the way they maybe Mm -hmm. they want to accomplish it or even um, their notion of freedom or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. But if you have. You know, and this is this is kind of like setting aside the political actors who, or you know, not even yeah, politics. It's media people, and yeah, you know, all kinds of grifters. Uh, you know, um, in this whole ecosystem, mm-hmm. I'm talking about regular Americans yeah. and people who are who are not involved in politics at all, and some of them have fallen prey to a lot of this nonsense. And uh, but but I think part of why they fall fallen prey to it is is what they want for their country and their family and we need we're all here together we Mm -hmm. have to work together there's no way to just you know if we're just going to plow through and not include them and and whatever the solution is and the healing and the coming together then it's always going to be divided that is not an option yeah we have to find a way and i think we have a spirit that um we should be hopeful about and we should my neighbor across the street puts up his Republican signs all the time (laughs) and we're not super close but I make it a point to say hi I make it a point to you know to smile and wave and maybe that's all it is Mm -hmm. but it's something Mm -hmm. I don't say I hate you (laughs) You (laughs) I'm not totally ignoring his existence I I don't think we should and um, you know he loves his family I know that I can tell that and Mm -hmm. you know they're they're great neighbors and citizens and that's something you know
1: yeah and that's that's a lovely and good point and it and i and i I certainly hope you're right i you know I lived in Russia when I was twelve years old in the eighty eighty one school year and oh, wow when why my father was a cameraman for ABC news, so okay, uh okay. I went over there and just basically spent one school year and mm-hmm. when Trump was basically installed, I don't consider mm-hmm. he was elected um uh and then you know I mean Hillary had been warning us. But it d- really didn't hit me until that report came out soon after he you know took over that it was like what it was like seventeen different agencies basically determined he got help from russia i I was so terrified it, and prior to that, it was North Korea that scared me. It was like I was afraid of what would happen if Trump were president, you know, and North Korea, but then as soon as I recognized the real truth of what was going on, it was like, oh my God, it's just scared the shit out of me." Because I realized, you know, this country could easily, not necessarily turn into Soviet Russia, but I mean, it, it wouldn't take very long for everything to fall apart. And so, you know, obviously now I've got that vision of what happened. We, we, we saw what happened. And I think what you said, the spirit of the American people has changed things around. And so, you know, I'm going to go with that. And I like it because, uh, you know, I, who wants to live their life scared? And, of course, there's lots of things that are scary right now. But I, I do agree with you that the American spirit is strong. And I'm just very hopeful that we can take a look at what's going on and find a way back to all you know Like you said, we all have to live here. We all mm-hmm. have to share this yeah. place. I mean, yeah, we can make it as painful
2: <laughs> or as easy as possible. But yeah. I, we should probably try. To, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to deal with the crazies, the liars, exactly. the cheaters. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, but there's a lot of people who, who aren't into that sort of thing. But yeah. you know, they just yeah. I think we and, all know and we them. See, yeah, we see more with the voting. You know, I mean, they they might not be vocal about it, but right. I, yeah. I mean, it's it's pockets. You know, we still we had more Republicans. You know, they they of course took the house, but it's not that doesn't tell the whole story. No. Um, you know, in terms of sheer numbers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think there's reason for hope. I well, like
1: what you said. <laughs> well, it's just been fascinating talking to you, and I'm so glad that you said yes. And um now I feel like I know you a little bit more, and that it's just—it's just fun. That's that's what I like about being a podcaster is that I get to I know. know people. It's so
2: great! I love the <laughs> interviews. That's my favorite part too. But thank you for asking me. I really appreciate it, and I'm glad I said yes to
1: you. Yay! Well, okay. Before I let you go, tell everybody where to find you.
2: So on Twitter, which I'm not really on Twitter as much (laughs) uh, anymore, but um, I am Rachel Denman or hobbyist because I don't really know anything about national security, (laughs) um, which my husband will tell you. And I also, by the way, I I do ask those like very basic questions to him all the time. So he patiently explains them to me and um, and then I feel like I'm doing everyone a service because I'm helping him to learn how to talk to there you go you know, near, near mortals um, but he's actually quite he's quite good at that yeah but i give him practice and then um i'm you know, rachel vimon on instagram i had a closed account for a long time but uh, when twitter you know got a little mm-hmm. crazy i made a, a public account i just took down a lot of pictures of my daughter of our daughter and um so there's a lot of dog content now <laughs> but um yeah, that's, that's awesome. how, and then our podcast is Suburban Women Problem. It comes out every Wednesday. We just started our third season, which was released um, on yesterday on January 18th. So. Very
1: cool. So, of course, everybody has to go listen to that. I have put those links in the Patreon description of the show, but there's other platforms that we're on, so you can always visit patreon.com slash start to get those links right there, or just go to Twitter and find her. Um, And of course, I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Don't forget the extra E. My books are on Amazon. And Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.